Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Front Porch Philosophy. I don't know how long it's been since the last one, but it feels perhaps more recent than we normally do. Okay, so... Yeah, it's been close yeah. to a month, I think. We're, we're tracking. Anyway. We're tracking. I guess, yeah. Um. So, today... We are going. Well, first to, of all, I'm yeah. not. I'm not on. I'm not on the front porch today, Gary. Yeah, that's on account it of is, weather. It's, it's pouring down rain right now. So I'm coming to you live from your in, bedroom at our house. Well, you're in my bedroom. That's where you chose. I'm sitting. I'm sitting on your bed. Oh. And so is Bentley. Well, that's nice. So, yeah. So it's an it's an empty room except for stuff that your mom just leaves in it. <laughs> right. Um, but other than other than that. So yeah, I and, just decided and, I would I would do it in here, and where where my sister now keeps all her clothes. Uh, well, now that she's moved to college, well, right? That that is not there. There are there are few of her clothes, and there are not many of her clothes in here now. Well, yes. Well, so I'm it's glad, actually quite enjoyable. I'm glad my room has is now being put to the use of an academic pursuit, as I would call and, this. As I would call this. And oh, by the way. I could have chosen any room in the entire house because it's just me and Bentley. So. Right. Um, so I'm I'm honored that you oh, that you would choose you. that. Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're going to be talking about something that came up in a class I'm taking the other day. And uh, dear listeners, do not be surprised if many of the future topics um, for this podcast for the next. I don't know, maybe probably two or three episodes, depending on how often we do these, um, are inspired by this class because I have found this class quite thought-provoking and interesting. And um, the title of said class, I'll give a bit of background here, is called The Guide of the Perplexed, and uh, which is why I chose to take the class because, I mean, what a name for a class. Um, I consider myself perplexed, um, and so I figured perhaps this would help. Um, so took the class and it's actually on a book by a medieval Jewish philosopher, theologian, rabbi named Myomides, uh, which dad, go ahead and say it with me. Myomides. Myomides. Right. Uh, neither of us knew how to pronounce, uh, his name until my professor actually said it for me. Um, so that was, that was an exciting thing to learn. But anyway, um, last Thursday was the Jewish holiday Yom Kippur, which is, I believe, the Jewish New Year. And um, the, the idea of Yom Kippur is repentance. Um, that's, that's the big theme. That's really what the services they go to focus on. Um, it's repenting. It's looking back at the year um, and repenting for the, the sins of the year and everything and promising to God um, to not do those things again, and promising to your community to not do those things again. And so in class, uh, we did a quick reading from some of Myomides' work called the Mishnah Torah, which is his kind of simplification of the Torah, because um, the Torah is like the rules that the Jewish people have to abide by, and sometimes it can get confusing, so what a lot of Jewish scholars do is spend a lot of time um, interpreting that text and making it a little easier for everybody in the Jewish community to read. And so that's what the Mishnah Torah is. But anyway, um, we read a little bit about Myomides' thoughts on repentance, and the in-class discussion really had me thinking about how we, to- we today treat repentance, um, 
how it might differ from both the medieval Jewish community and just the Jewish community in general today. Um, because just as, as, a, as a heads up here, neither me or my father are Jewish. Um, so these things that we're talking about, we do not have the uh, cultural or full religious uh, knowledge um, when we discuss these things. But it sparked us to uh, tackle repentance today. Yeah, and when we when we normally say that these are just our musings and on philosophical things, and we're out of our league when we talk about it, we're way out of our league right. when we're talking about Correct. this. Correct. Not only is it uh, some some philosophy involved, but it's uh, it's an extremely deep and complicated religion that we have until recently had very little. Um, contact with though we have found and we probably have doing... even less we probably have even less now that we've read some things about it right so, right so take whatever we say with a grain of salt yes many per, grains of salt per per usual perhaps um yes. but i'd like to before we begin uh, our discussion on what we think repentance is or how perhaps this um this jewish philosophy of repentance uh could be applied today I would like to just give a quick overview of the steps in repentance in the eyes of Maimonides. Um, so, first of all, re- to repent means to turn from, uh, if anyone was curious about the actual meaning of the word. And I suppose we're assuming here that you're, you're physically turning from um, the, the sin or whatever, correct? That's, what, that's how you would describe it? Yeah, and I think it's, it means like a, a, it's, a, it's a turning, right? Um, we we always think I believe many times, and this is why I get hung up on words, right? In today's terms, we always think of repentance as something like that's sad. It's we're we're like you know coming back with like our tail between our legs kind of thing. But I think here the spirit is something different. It's it's a little more about returning to the essence of who you are. But you have to like you first have to realize the sin. And then turn away from it, but in that turning, you're turning back to your more holy path in a way, I guess, because isn't you know one of the one of the name one of the definitions of sin is kind of like missing the mark or right. or not. Um, it's not necessarily doing something bad; it's just doing something that's taking you away from God or away from that holy path. So repentance doesn't necessarily mean I'm, I'm cowering and I need all this kind of, I mean, that's the word. I mean, those are the kind of the images that pop up in my mind lots of times. It's more like, hey, I've had a realization that I'm not doing as well as I could, and I want to turn back to doing things in a more righteous and holy way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the steps for repentance, as detailed by Maimonides in this piece, um, First, you do what you just said, is you acknowledge what you did was harmful. So you recognize you recognize the thing that you're repenting for. Second, you feel remorse. Third, stop doing it. Fourth, this one is tough, stop thinking about doing it. Um, fifth, commit to never do it again. Sixth, make restitution slash reparations. Um, seventh, appease the victim. Eighth, confess to God the, the sin and the repentance. And nine, the test of true repentance is if given the opportunity again, you don't do it. Now, this is for the person who is doing the repenting. Um, 
And as Myomides points out, at the end of this piece, uh, there is a second party involved when you repent most of the time, because a lot of the time your repentance is for wronging somebody else. And so not only are we going to talk about repentance for the person doing the repenting, but also forgiveness on the side of the person um, being asked to forgive. Um because that right. actually so I think, is a very important part of this process. Yeah, and I think where where we, um, well, I say I, and more like in, in the non-Jewish faith, feel like sin is just you've done something bad, and now you're, you're going to, you know, you try not to do it again, or you ask forgiveness for it. In, in the Jewish tradition, I believe, and this makes sense to me, is... When you sin, it's usually like against some other person, or you've done something wrong to another human, and that creates um, a debt that you owe them. Like right. the fact that you've cre- created the sin means there's now you have an obli- there There's a debt, and That's... if I've been harmed, if I've been harmed by you, or you have sinned you know, in, in doing something, you know, untrustworthy or whatever to me, there's, there's a debt that you owe me. Right. Um, that's, and that's, I, I am kind of in it. Basically you're in debt to me. Mm-hmm. That's where this, that's where that step of um, reparations restitution comes in. Um, it doesn't have to be like monetary, of course. Um, but Myomides is expecting that you're kind of giving something in return uh, for this sin that you've committed against somebody. Um, right. And, and that person who's receiving that is, there is a heavy burden on them to forgive. Um, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, uh, at the end again of this, this part, I'll actually probably, I'll probably, I'll set up the link in the description so that people can go and read this, this part of the Misha Torah for themselves. Um, but at the end, he he talks about how if the person who is being asked to forgive the one who is repenting doesn't, now the sin is on that person, um, and the person repenting has done all that they can. Um, it says, when a sinner implores him for a pardon, he should grant him pardon wholeheartedly and soulfully. Um, and if you don't, that's that's a problem. Um, and as we were discussing this in class, and this is kind of where um, I called you after class because I, I felt I had to share some thoughts on it immediately. Um, we today see some actions as unforgivable. As in, like, maybe something I do against someone else is so wrong that no, there's no way that that person should ever have to forgive me. Um, and if they don't, they aren't the sinner. I still am. Um, and this this is an unforgivable thing. Um, nothing can repay them for what I've done. And we were talking about it on the phone, and it, it seems like that, that attitude of there being unforgivable things might really be becoming a problem. I... I... I think so, Garrett. Um, but I think part of the problem, I, I did think about this some more you know, mm-hmm. afterwards, and I stumbled upon an, 
an article talking about um, something that it's a, in, a, in a Jewish kind of site, um, myjewishlearning.com. And one of the, the article was like, is forgiveness necessary? Mm-hmm. And what was really interesting to me is we talk about forgiveness as one word. And we all have a idea of what that one word means. But in the text that I was reading, this said that there's three kinds of, of uh, forgiveness. And the first is forgiving the other's indebtedness. And it has a Jewish word for it. Um, but so that means almost the if you came to somebody if, if you were really repentant and those sort of things as a as the offend as the offended i i should be open to relinquish my claim on them meaning they no longer owe me anything mm-hmm. that's that's one part of it and that's this example was like a pardon granted to a criminal you know in the, in the modern state it's it's more like hey i get it you're not um, you're you're not going to do it again. You've made some restitution. You've done what you can to me to help to 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 satisfy the fact that you've offended me in some way. I now need to release you from that burden so you don't have it forever. Mm-hmm. Right. Now they said the second kind of forgiveness is a different kind of forgiveness, and it's more of an act of the heart, and that's it's a a deeper understanding of the sinner and it's almost an an empathetic kind of thing that says oh i see why they might have done it i see that humans are frail and deserving of sympathy it's in this regard it was closer to an act of mercy um and grace and like i think that's what we think forgiveness is most of the time is that one Mm-hmm. like the act of the heart. But in this sense, it made some sense. And when you're talking about are some things unforgivable, well, it, you have to define what forgiveness is. So First, there might right. be some things that you could say that, okay, I can say you're no longer indebted to me. And in that sense, I've forgiven you. But I don't know if I can change my heart towards you, maybe. Um, that takes a, that's another step, right? And... Maybe there's some things that, you know, like this in the example they show, like, you know, if there was a, you know, a wife who, you know, was, ba- you know, battered by her husband, maybe he's gone to therapy, he's done his thing, he's, you know, da, 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 da. And she might say, I forgive you your debt to me. You can now walk away without that burden. But that doesn't necessarily mean in her heart she has forgiven him at that level. Yes. Right. The other meaning of forgiveness. And then there's a third in their mind, a third level of forgiveness, which I think bears out in the steps that you talked about, which was atonement or purification, which is the total wiping away of it, and that can only be done by God. Yes. Like no human can do that. So it's almost like there's three levels. And I think when you and I were talking earlier about like, oh, we get in trouble because there's this lack of forgiveness, it's because we're not separating the notion of forgiveness into what its parts could be. Mm -hmm. And we also think of it lots of times in terms of what you were talking to me about, where like 
group dynamic forgivenesses when I don't even know if that exists because in all these conversations it's a it's an individual to individual multi-layered amount of forgiveness mm-hmm. um I, I will say that in the Jewish community a big part of Yom Kippur is communal asking for forgiveness as well like repenting as well um, which is something again, we don't particularly do now, right? Um, we don't all get together and say, like, we as a group, whatever that group might be, um, are sorry for these things and we repent for them. Um, and another big part of it is you getting up in front of the congregation um, at this Yom Kippur service and you yourself confessing to these sins and asking for repentance in front of everybody. And that's another thing that I think we don't do and perhaps makes it harder for us to actually honestly repent because um, we talked about this in class too. Like why, why would Myomides um, emphasize this, this talking about it in front of everyone, actually vocalizing it? And I mean, the, the answer we came up with in class is it's just that things are different when you like think about them in your head silently to yourself and then you say them out loud and you're like I am now not going to do this again and there is a whole group of people around you who have now heard you say that it it gives another weight uh, it gives more weight to that repentance and so I, I think that's something that perhaps we could bring back um yeah Garrett I think that's a, a great point and I think it's good because in where we come from on, on the Christian side of things, we don't have a time of year per se that we all kind of, as a, as a group, have a time where we look back on the year and say, this is what I've, you know, could I have done better here? Who is it that I've offended? Um, and how do I, you know, rectify that? I think what I find most of the time in, in our conversations, it's more oh, I'm broken, I'm a sinner, I'm going to sin, and if I just ask forgiveness from God, then I'm okay. But it, I never have to ask forgiveness to the person that I sinned against. Mm -hmm. And I think this extra step um, could be very useful in a society in which we live where there doesn't feel like there's a lot of forgiveness and we, and I think what it also allows is for people to make mistakes. That's what you and I talked about. Like if, if you know that there's an opportunity to, if we know that we're all going to make mistakes and we probably will offend people, um, but we know that, hey, if I, if I realize it and then do it, that that other person may forgive me, that's very helpful and maybe you'll take, Maybe you'll take a few more risks or do things, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, not that you intentionally do something wrong, but it's more like I know that if I do something wrong, even if it takes me a while to realize that the other person has an obligation, if I'm sincere, to forgive me. Whereas in today's world, it feels like somebody makes a mistake or offends somebody and we just cancel them, even if they seem like they truly ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Like, they're repenting. They're saying, oh, my goodness, I didn't know what I was doing, and I was, it was maybe years ago, and I've now realized that I was wrong. 
um, you see all this stuff in social media all the time, like, oh my gosh, I was 15 when I said that, and I'm a different person now, and I realize it's wrong, but everybody goes, eh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Cancel. Well, cancel. Well, a big, you know. a big part of that, there's, uh, there's a quote um, from the Myomides writing that says, uh, when you're repenting, the thought should be in your head, I am now another person and not that person who perpetrated those misdeeds. And it feels like today we don't particularly give people a chance to not be that person anymore. If you once were them, then you're always them, and it's carried with you. And of course your past uh, affects your future and who you are now, but you should be given the opportunity to say that. I am now another person and not that person who, 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 who perpetrated oops, <laughs> those misdeeds. Um and I totally agree. I totally agree. And I, I, until I read this, I had never thought of it that way either. But it's like when you've sinned, you become another person. Mm -hmm. yeah, like, and you're not that. You're not. You're you're a different person until you're forgiven, and get back on the the righteous path, if you will, and then you become another person again. And I I think you're absolutely right. There's there's not an awareness that people can that at some deep levels they they may have turned around they may have gotten on another path and now it's our duty to help them along that path mm -hmm. not to just cancel them um i'd like to comment on two of the other things you said uh first of all the whole like how the jewish people have a time of year um i think some people might take that as oh well then do they not repent during the year and no um but I think what having a specific day during the year does is it just makes it more salient, right? Um, like when you when you make a mistake during the year not on Yom Kippur, um, or it's not it's not Yom Kippur, so you aren't thinking about it. I think just the fact that they have something like that makes you more likely to think about like oh. Perhaps I should go ask for forgiveness for this. Or maybe, like you said, maybe something literally slipped your mind. But if you take this time, this whole day, um, to think about that, because they fast forward and everything, they aren't doing anything but thinking about what they should do to repent. Um, I think that that is a really important practice. Um, and my other thing, so today I was listening to another philosophy podcast called Philosophize This, which... Um, I would highly recommend the the host is far more knowledgeable about um, specific philosophers and complex philosophical thoughts than either you or I, um, and so I would highly recommend. Hey, hey speak for yourself. <laughs> I would highly recommend it. Um, but today I happen to be listening to um, a two part series on uh, a philosopher, an existentialist named Emile Suron. I think is how you pronounce his last name. And while I don't agree with some of his metaphysics and certainly not everything he has to say, um, one of the things that he really quite enjoyed um, looking at was failure. And you just mentioned that earlier, how people are so afraid of making a mistake now because uh, it's so tough for someone to actually forgive you um, nowadays that they're afraid to fail. And I think... Saran highlights how important it is to go and fail and how I'm sure that he would be all for um, people being more forgiving of failure and everything like that because it just increases the likelihood that you'll try something that you will fail at. 
that you'll try to make a mistake. And of course, not every mistake you make is going to be um, a failure in terms of like, oh, I failed at like, I don't know, starting a business or something like that's not something you have to repent for. Right. But um, you never really know how you might fail if you really go and put yourself out there. And I think that's why this notion of repentance and forgiveness and stuff that uh, Myomides is writing about is so important to remember because people on social media and stuff all the time, they talk about like these entrepreneurs are like, don't be afraid to fail. Um, get out there and like fail and fail again. And like I had, I, I failed so many times before I, I got big. Um, but I think just the fact that people, you can't fail today and even like, slipping up on your words or anything makes people less likely to go out and try other things that aren't even related to a moral failure or something. And so I really, well, I really quite enjoyed that today. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's awesome. And I, as you were talking, reminded me, um, your sister sent me a paper just to look at and, and, uh, proofread for her. Um, and I think, well, she was saying that Part of the the paper was we need to get out of our bubble and experience other people's cultures and interact with people that aren't just like us. Mm -hmm. But listening to you, there's some – when you feel like you could offend somebody and not be forgiven in today's world, why would you leave your bubble of people that you know you're not going to offend? Right. Why would I take a chance? Like it's it's hard in today's world. Like – why would I go and purposely try and learn the the customs and 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 cultural differences and interact with people different than myself when if I slip up I'm never forgiven and just chastised for it. Right, it's really limiting that's our where, knowledge. That's where I totally we, that's agree. Where we, that's why like it's hard, right? Like if I if I am like, oh, oh, I would love to go and attend this event, but I'm like, oh, I'm so scared that I might say something wrong or act wrong or wear the wrong thing, and I, I'm either culturally appropriating them or I'm demeaning or I'm – and then it's just you're, you, there's very little chance that like, you can recover from that. Right. So you just stay safe in your bubble, and that's what I think – listening to you could be a big reason why we're in these like um, echo chambers because it's safer in there. Mm -hmm. Well, to speak on that, actually, um, Saran says something about as that about that as well. He one of the reasons he enjoys failure so much is because he's like, well, people who have failed are much more interesting because once you get to certain levels of success, everybody kind of did the same thing, right? They did this, this, and this right, and now they're successful. Um, and he's like, I, at a party, I would rather talk to somebody who tried a thousand different things and failed because it's far more interesting. Or um, in the podcast, he quotes Tolstoy, one of our personal favorites. Um, at the beginning of Anna Karenna, Tolstoy talks about how every good family, it's something around, along the lines of every good family is the same but every messed up family is messed up in a different way. Um, and so it does, it kind of highlights that, that like if you want to get out there and see the world and change the world for the better, 
you have to be willing to fail and people have to be okay with forgiving you when you do. Um, if you get yourself, uh, like you said, in like one of these situations where you're in a whole new culture and you accidentally say something or do something that um, is offensive and that that hap- the world is big. There's plenty of people I've never talked to and I've never experienced their culture and something that we do in America might be horribly offensive um, and we just wouldn't know and today it's tough because it seems like you would not be forgiven. Um, but how do you but I, I, I'm with you, but how do you grow? You grow in some ways by offending someone right and then realizing that you've offended them. Yes, and then changing. You have to you you have to now and become, you become another a person. Different, you become another person, right? And you're like, oh, well, thank you. I mean, it's almost like, thank you for letting me offend you, right? And then thank you for forgiving me when I realized that I offended you. Mm-hmm. Now we can both be bigger, better, growing people, right? Uh, it's a it's a collaborative wow. effort. Um, and wow. that collaboration requires repentance and forgiveness. So goodness, that, that's good stuff. I think Myomenes kind of knew what he was talking about. I, maybe I think he, I think he might have. I mean, if anyone's going to talk about learning from new cultures, he was he was writing in a time in which, um, in a medieval time in which um, the Jewish people and Islamic people and uh, Christian people were all intermingling with their ideas and everything, and it was surprisingly, um, despite some stereotypes about the medieval times, there was a great overlap of knowledge. Um, and I don't, I mean, in medieval times, you know, sometimes failure was punished by death uh, more often than it is today, and so you could say maybe we are more forgive, more forgiving now than we were before, but um, maybe Ooh, I don't know. Maybe we aren't. I don't know. Uh, just there's, because there's things ended the, with death. You know, well, what's the difference between physical death and cancel? Right. I, one could say the one might be worse than the other. Yeah, it might both might rip your soul out. So Exactly. It it, it might not matter. Well, so it seems like a well, on that happy note. Yeah. On that extremely happy note, go out and fail a little bit. Don't go out and purposely <laughs> offend anybody. Um that's not what we're advocating for, but go out and experience things and um I hope that you also forgive a little more, right? Um, forgive and understand I know there's layers of for- right. What you're doing by forgiving is helping somebody grow for the future, and that there's maybe levels of forgiveness, and you don't have to go right to the heart to begin with. But right. you can start with just saying, "I get it. You don't owe me anything anymore." Start start small. Um, That's right, and work your way up. Because we're all we're all working towards something, so don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to forgive. Good one. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thank you for listening. Okay. Um, hopefully, right. this podcast wasn't a failure. Um, and if it was, please forgive us. <laughs> Peace out.